Uh, we are going to continue with uh, a little series we've been doing. It's kind of been experiencing God's love has been sort of the theme for the last month or so. And we're going to talk today about uh, the best question ever. We began that last week and we're going to hit part two today. So Father, we ask that you continue just to pour out revelation upon our hearts when it comes to us experiencing your love in deeper ways. God, that uh, whatever we need to hear today, uh, God, that you would speak to us, whether you use my words or you use your own words and just go right past my words, however you want to do it, God, we, we just give you this time to speak into our being. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Our theme text for this little uh, series has been, is this the right clicker, Michael? Maybe you can click it forward for me. I might have grabbed the wrong clicker. Here we go. Ephesians 3, verses 16 to 19. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And so we've been kind of riffing on this, this last verse here, where it says, uh, may you experience the love of Christ, then it says, when we experience his love, we're actually made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And, and, and I'm sure this is all of our desire to be actually made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I mean, just think about having all the fullness of life and power that comes from God just, just flowing in your being. That happens when we experience God's love. When we experience the love of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, may you experience the love of Christ, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And this is actually God's desire for us, that He is wanting us to experience all the fullness of His life and power and in His love, that we would be, be saturated in, in His love. And this is what we've talked about uh, last week, where like in John chapter 7, it says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And, and here he doesn't just say, you know, a little stream of, of water will flow from your heart. He doesn't even just say, you know, you know a river. He uses plural, rivers. Uh, this is, this is a, an overflow that can flow from our hearts as we overflow in the Holy Spirit or in His love or in His joy or in thanksgiving because they're all kind of wrapped up in one, that this is God's desire for us, that our heart just wouldn't be a half-empty well, that our heart just wouldn't be a stream, that it would actually overflow with rivers of living water. And... and, and uh, and, and I don't always feel that. And I'm sure most of us know we, we don't always feel rivers of loving water gushing. And it just shows that we can continually go deeper and deeper into his love. 
because when we experience his love deeper and deeper, it leads to more of an overflow, more of a fullness of his life and power. As, as Paul prayed in 1 Thessalonians, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. That, that it's awesome that we receive God's love, but we want to we be so surrendered and receive that in such a way that not only do we receive it, but our love actually increases and overflows for other people. You know, as Jesus said of that, that to the Pharisee, the one who, you know, uh, has been forgiven much, loves much. That the more we acknowledge how much God loves us, even in our darkness, that the more we're willing to, to pour out love on other people. And so this is God's desire, is that we would overflow in His love in every moment, including when we're having difficulties with coworkers at work or with our spouse or with our kids, whatever that. In every moment, we would just overflow with His love. And, and we talked about how, how God's the source of that. That in every moment, God is like a waterfall of love just pouring over us. No matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, uh, His love is just continually flowing on us. And it doesn't matter here if you're here at church or you're at home watching online or you're at work or wherever you are, you're in the, the most frustrating period of your week, there is a, a, just a waterfall of love flowing on us. And, and God's desire is that water would flow on us and it, we would receive that and it would change us and it would just flow onto all those people around us. That God wants us to be a conduit of, of, his, of his love. And so we, we talked about um, that this waterfall of love is pouring down and, and it's flowing out onto others and how uh, we all know sometimes that we're not over, overflowing with love towards others. Or maybe we're not even overflowing with love towards ourselves in that moment that we're, you know, talking down about, you know, I'm sucking, I'm no good at anything and we're, we're not receiving God's love. That God is a flowing waterfall and if that, we don't experience that love flowing in our heart, then even Ray mentioned that, as we talked about last week, that there are times when we, if you will, we kind of stick up the, uh, the umbrella to that waterfall. Because His love is flowing, and if it's not flowing in our hearts, then it's often because we've, in our spirit or in our heart, have, have put up a, an umbrella, and so it's, it's the, the, the love of God is, is not hitting us. It's still flowing, but something in our heart has maybe blocked that love. And so we've been talking about this, this question, which kind of helps us with this, um, with this idea of this umbrella. The question is this, Father, what is blocking my heart from overflowing with your love in this moment? Father, what is blocking my heart from overflowing with your love in this moment? Because we know God's desire is for, for us to overflow. We know He's got the source. And so if, if, if we're not overflowing, then, then perhaps there's a block that we've put up in our heart or in our spirit. And the beautiful thing about, about God is even when we put up that umbrella, I'll tell you, His love is leaking around that umbrella. It's chasing us all around us on every side. And, and so it's, He's still working. But when we learn to just diagnose what's going on in our heart and our spirit and pull down that umbrella, it just allows that love to flow onto ourselves and onto uh, other people. And so this question of uh, what is blocking my heart from overflowing in your love in this moment, that little last phrase is really important. In this moment. Because sometimes what we will do is like, I can't overflow in God's love in this moment, I'm gonna overflow later in the day when I we get through this, this dealing with this horrible person. 
are all overflowing this love once I tell my spouse that I'm right and she's wrong, or, you know, I'll overflow with God's love later. But actually, in every moment of every day, of every second of our life, He wants us to be overflowing. And so if there is every anything where we don't feel that overflow of love, then we need to catch it. And I've really been working on this for the last month, and I've been getting better at catching my heart very quickly. As soon as I sense I'm not overflowing with God's love, I just stop and say, Father, what is blocking my heart from overflowing in your love? And, and I started with, you know, what is blocking my heart, you know, trying to figure out with my own mind. But, you know, I've realized I'm not very good at reading my own heart. Uh, but the Father is really great. <laughs> and my wife can attest to that. I mean, she... <laughs> But God knows our hearts. Uh, he knows exactly what's going on in our hearts. And so that's why I just started asking God, God, what is blocking the overflow of your love in my heart? And it's amazing how he just lovingly answers that. And, and then I have a choice whether I work with him to deal with that or I remain not overflowing in, in, in love. And so in every moment, we want to try to figure out that block in our heart and in our spirit. Uh, it is also very easy to, to try to blame others. You know, the reason I'm not overflowing in love, it's because of you, or because of that person, or because of whoever it is. It's this thing called blame. And sometimes we can be very good at that. And blame really, all blame is, it is a way to get around diagnosing what's going on in our own heart and just kind of putting it on someone else. Because it's very easy to think it's someone else's fault. It's difficult to say, what's actually going on in my heart? And so again, instead of blaming, because it's not other people's fault, it's actually, even in the, the most difficult situations, as we're going to see, God wants us to overflow in His love. And so again, it's not about, you know, you, husband, wife, or kids, or co-workers, you are stopping me from overflowing in God's love. They might be making it more difficult. But again, it's about diagnosing what's going on in our, in our, own, in our own heart. And so what is blocking my heart from overflowing with love in this moment? Just like in 1 Thessalonians, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Just as we are to give thanks in every moment, we are to be overflowing in His love in every moment. And uh, now this doesn't say we have to be thankful for every circumstance, but thankful in every circumstance. I mean, pretty clear we're not thankful for evil. <laughs> we're not thankful for Satan, you know. Uh, but we can be thankful in every circumstance. And again, there are situations which might make it very difficult to be overflowing with God's love in that moment. But God, again, he, He's a waterfall of love. He has enough love flowing on you to help you overflow in whatever moment you are in. Now, Jesus acknowledged this. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is is weak. I mean, your spirit is always wanting to overflow in God's love. And every moment, even in the difficult, your spirit is like, I just want to overflow in God's love, because that's what your spirit was designed for. Your heart was designed just to be, just to be filled with God's love and have those rivers of, of living water flow, and it, it, just, it just makes life more beautiful when you're able to do that. But the flesh is weak. I mean, it is very, very difficult when someone is harping on us or blaming us or critical or, you know, saying things about us that, that, are, that aren't true to, to overflow in love in that moment. The flesh is weak. And so I think it might be helpful to look at the example of Jesus and how he dealt with this because uh, he 
manifested perfectly this, this thing of overflowing in God's love in every moment. In Luke 7, it says, his heart overflowed with compassion. And he seemed to carry that in every moment. That wherever he was, his heart was overflowing with compassion in every moment. And so we can, we can learn something about the way Jesus lived. Now we might be tempted to say, well, of course it was easy for Jesus because he's God. <laughs> but you need to understand that when he walked this earth, he walked as a human. He was, yes, fully God, but he chose as he walked on this earth to not exercise any of his God powers, if you will. That he walked this planet just as you and I walked this planet. That he had to rely on the Father just as you and I rely on the Father. He had to rely on the Holy Spirit just as you and I rely on the Holy Spirit. And so we can look at the life of Jesus and say, you know, can we learn something from how he walked in this overflow of love in every moment? And we see it just all throughout the, all throughout the Gospels. Just one Gospel, it's interesting how many times it talks about him just having compassion on the crowds. Even in some very frustrating moments, even in some moments when he's tired and hungry, it's just his heart had this rivers of living water so that in every moment he would just look at people and he would have compassion on them. And this is where God is, is wanting to lead our hearts. That in every moment we would have compassion on those we see. That every single person we look at, we would say, there is someone who is deserving of love and I'm going to love them. So Jesus continually having compassion on these people. And Jesus told us that this overflow of God's love in every moment is actually to be there even in difficult situations. Luke 6, he says this. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great. And you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. And so this is a love that we cannot manifest through our own strength. This is a love that is, a, is where we receive the waterfall of love. It is a love that can only happen when we pull down that umbrella, those blocks in our heart, and we learn to love. I mean, this kind of love where you actually love your enemies, I mean, you have to get quite far in working on stuff in your heart. Because you have to get actually further and I heard, heard James Jordan talking about this just last night as I was watching him, that you have to get further than, than taking offense. I mean, you have to be someone who no longer even takes offense to actually be able to love your enemies. Because if you're stuck on, oh, no, I have to forgive them and I keep getting offended by them, you can't love them. Right. And so you need to have your heart become unsticky when it comes to offense from other people. That the water of love so touches you that you realize how much God has done for you that just as Jesus says, those who have been forgiven much love much that no longer does your heart even take offense which finally frees you to love your enemies. To be an overflow of, of love towards others. As, and Jesus, he didn't just say this, he lived this. 
I mean, you see him talking to the, the, the despised woman, the, the woman at the well of Samaria, and, and lovingly reveals himself to her. You know, the, the woman called an adultery where the religious leaders want to, you know, throw their religious rules where, you know, this is what neg negative religion does. It is, cares far more about rules than it does for people. And Jesus stoops and loves this woman where she was at, even in her, her messiness. And, uh, I mean, when Jesus was arrested, you, Peter comes and, you know, slices off the ear of the, one of the arresters. And, and Jesus is not like, yeah, you get him, Peter. He's just overflowing with compassion. He's got rivers of living water flowing, and even towards this arrester, he grabs that man's ear and, and he heals it, just saying, I love you. He, he couldn't take offense. So how quickly he could just move to loving his, his enemies. Now we know that overflowing in God's love is by far the most difficult when we are experiencing physical or emotional pain. I mean, when someone is is hurting us emotionally, it, it is so hard to overflow with love in that moment. Sometimes that love does look like putting up boundaries. I'm, that's, that's part of it. But it's very hard to overflow in love. Or when we're in physical pain, I mean, you smack your thumb with a hammer or, you know, you have a tooth pain. I mean, I mean anybody can set you off. I mean, your kid does something nice and you're mad. I mean, because you're in pain, right? But here again, we look at Jesus. I mean, just think about what he was going through on the cross. Let me just read these two passages. It says, Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his to, uh, on his left, those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him amongst themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with them also heaped insults on him. I mean, there you have it. Like, their most horrible physical pain, tremendous emotional abuse and insult, and, and just everything's being thrown at Jesus. If there was ever a moment where someone could say, you know, I'm not overflowing with love in this moment. These people are pathetic, you know, call fire down from heaven. But, but what does Jesus do? I mean, one of his most famous phrases, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. I mean, there in the worst moment with enemies coming to, to actually kill him, his heart is, is just overflowing with love. It's incredible. This just goes to show how much love is flowing on us from the Father. Enough love that that can happen. 
And that love doesn't just fall on Jesus, but you remember what Jesus says, that the Father loves us the exact same as he loves Jesus. It's the same love. The same love that enables us, uh, Jesus, to do that is flowing on us. And so, and so our prayer is that we would just enter into that more, that we continue working on those things that, that cause us to maybe repel a little bit of that water. Now, we need to be done, so I'm just going to finish with one story. Uh, another real-life story, uh, Dirk Williams. This guy is one of the most famous Anabaptist martyrs. Um, back in his day, 1569, this happened. If you rejected infant baptism and only believed that adults should be baptism, ba- baptized, you were basically persecuted by Protestants and you were persecuted by, by, by Roman Catholics. Punishable by death a lot of times. If you just hold, held the wrong doctrinal belief. Crazy times where negative religion ruled. Um, but anyways, Dirk was in prison for his belief about not baptizing infants. He thought that they should be old enough to make their own decision. But that was punishable by death. And so he was waiting in prison, in a Roman Catholic prison. And he ties together a bunch of these uh, of clothes and his blankets to, to climb out of the window. And uh, he runs across this frozen moat. And because he's super light, because he's been living on prison rations, he can easily get across the moat. But one of those well-fed guards tried to chase him. And the guard fell through the ice and began to call out for help. And Dirk, in this moment, because again, this is, am I overflowing with God's love in this moment? Had a decision to make. Do I run and save my life? Or do I go back and try to rescue this guard? And he chose to overflow with love, to actually love his enemies, to not take offense, to love his enemies. He stops, and this is where this famous picture comes from, and he goes and he rescues this guard out from the ice, and in doing so, this guard arrests him again, and then later he is actually uh, uh, killed because he didn't change his mind about infant baptism. But uh, again, it just shows how much love flows from the Father. Because we can't do that in our own strength. (laughs) I mean, the flesh is weak, but our spirit is willing. And so, Father, I just ask today, as we acknowledge that your love is far more than we can ever imagine, that your love flows on us in such a way that it is so powerful that your son Jesus was able to love even on the cross. That your love is so strong that Dirk was able to give up his life in order to save another. And God, we want to flow in that love even more. And God, we want that love to flow into our marriages. God, we want that love to flow in our workplaces. God, we want that love to flow in every moment of our day. And so God, just together, let's just again acknowledge. We just want to picture that water full of love flowing on you. And God is saying it's enough. It's enough to carry you through. It's enough to wash away offense. It's enough to bring you to forgiveness. It's enough to carry you through. And so, Father, we thank you for your love this morning. And we thank you, God, that your desire is for us to overflow in your love. 
And may we, like Jesus, just have incredible compassion on every single person we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.